evidence and answers. Terrorism. It's been in the news almost daily. The world that we live in is constantly barraged with evil. There truly is a battle against terrorism. So what do we know about these forces of wickedness? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers with your host, Pat Zukren. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the arena of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today on Evidence and Answers, Pat will be sharing about terrorism and the different groups that choose to bring about evil to our society. If you are unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Here's Pat Zucharin with part two. Basically, the Levant has throughout history meant Syria, Lebanon, and Palestine. This means uh, Jordan and the West Bank, the parts that are now under Israeli occupation. So Israel itself is part of what is known as the Levant. It is estimated that there may be as much as 8 million followers in ISIS, and there are several branches associated or allied with ISIS throughout the world. Now, ISIS originated in 1999 as a part of Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Al-Qaeda in Iraq was led by Abu Musab al-Zarqawi. He was killed in 2006, and the leadership then went to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Now, originally, they were an Al-Qaeda affiliate, but there was a power struggle with Al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri, and Al-Qaeda cut all ties with ISIS. So Al-Qaeda of Iraq began expanding its territory into Syria during the conflict that arose during the Arab Spring there in 2011. In 2013, al-Baghdadi renamed the group ISIS, the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, or ISIL, the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant. In 2014, al-Baghdadi entered the great mosque of al-Nuri in Mosul, Iraq, and he claimed the title of Caliph, the leader of Islam, and called for the allegiance of all Muslims around the world. So since his claim, Muslims from around the world have been joining ISIS in an unprecedented pace. Followers seem to number around 8 million. They do a lot of recruiting through the internet. So they have a very strong internet presence from which they are able to recruit a lot of young followers. Now, what accounts for the tremendous success of this group ISIS? Well, one of the reasons is the anticipated restoration of the Islamic Caliphate. It is believed that the Islamic State's rapid success would never have been possible without its claim to reconstitute the Caliphate a claim that is proven to be extraordinarily potent among Muslims worldwide. In June 29th of 2014, al-Baghdadi claimed the title of Caliph and called for the allegiance of Muslims around the world. The establishment of the Caliphate, the leader who will lead Islam against the armies of the West, was a long-sought dream of jihadists worldwide. And his claim to the Caliphate and with his military success that he was having, excited jihadists all over the world. Also, with the toppling of Saddam Hussein and the quick withdrawal of U.S. troops, it left an unprepared Iraqi army to defend its nation there. And in 2011, it opened the door for ISIS then to fill that power void. 
Another reason for its success is the massive funding ISIS is able to attain. They were able to capture a lot of military equipment from U.S. armed Iraqi army, which was ill-prepared to defend itself against such a force. For example, just at Mosul, in that city there in Iraq, ISIS is reported to have taken 2,300 Humvees provided by the Americans. They're also able to establish a lot of steady income from the capture and sale of oil fields there in Iraq. The research group Enigma estimated that in 2014, ISIS reaped $1 million per day from their sale of oil from the captured oil fields there in Iraq. It has also been estimated that many wealthy donors have been providing millions of dollars to ISIS. It is estimated that in 2013 and 2014, they received $40 million in donations, not only from rich individual donors, but even from government sources in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Kuwait. Another great source of income for ISIS comes from their kidnappings and abductions. The Treasury Department estimates that in 2014 alone, the Islamic State took in $20 million in ransom payments. It is estimated that ransoms make up as much as 20% of the Islamic State's revenue per year. Now, ISIS is an apocalyptic organization, so in order to understand what motivates them, you need to understand a little bit of their eschatology or their understanding of the end times. ISIS believes in the return of the Mahdi or the Islamic Messiah. But before the Mahdi or the Islamic Messiah arises, the armies of Rome, the infidel armies of the West, will gather to meet the armies of Islam in northern Syria in a place called Dabiq, okay, near the city of Aleppo. There in the plains of Dabiq, the crusader armies of the West will suffer a catastrophic defeat. And this will begin the Islamic apocalypse and the return of the Mahdi, who will lead the Islamic armies against the infidel armies of the West, defeat them and bring in the golden age of Islam. So although the plains of Dabiq do not have any strategic importance, ISIS fought fiercely to capture the land. And there was a wild celebration when they were able to capture the area of the beak. So with the control of the beak now, the Islamic State awaits the arrival of the enemy armies there where a great battle will take place that begins the countdown to the apocalypse. Many saw video footage or photos of a mass executioner in November of 2014 showing the gruesome severed head of Peter Kasich the aid worker who'd been held captive there for more than a year. And with the severed head of Peter Kasich, this mass executioner stated, here we are burying the first American crusader in the beak, eagerly waiting for the remainder of your armies to arrive. So through actions like these, ISIS hopes to entice the United States and our allies to gather for war there in the beak. There, there will be a massive defeat of the Western armies, and that begins the Islamic apocalypse. Now, shortly after, an Antichrist figure known in Islam as the Dajjal will come from Khorasan, a region of eastern Iran, and kill a vast number of caliphate fighters until just 5,000 remain. The Islamic army will retreat to Jerusalem, where they will take their final stand. 
Just as the Dajjal prepares to finish them off, the Muslim Jesus will return to earth, spear the Dajjal and kill him, and lead Muslim armies to victory. So that's a little bit of the eschatology of ISIS. So the mission of ISIS is to restore pure Islam and Sharia law to the land and establish an Islamic caliphate. So much of what the group does may seem nonsensical until you understand that it is their goal to establish pure Sharia law throughout the world and bring about the Islamic apocalypse. So ISIS views themselves also as a reform movement called to restore the pure worship and teachings of Muhammad. ISIS believes that the majority of Muslim nations have compromised their religion in order to appease the West. So ISIS believes that in the early 20th century, the Western powers denounced the practice of Sharia law that was practiced in many countries. And as well, many countries like Turkey then abolished Sharia law in order to gain acceptance from the West. So ISIS views the Islam practiced by the majority of Islam is not true Islam, not true to the teachings of the Quran, the example of Muhammad and the Sharia law that is desired by Muslims. And it is their mission to restore the true teachings and practices of Islam. So that is why ISIS also persecutes and kills Muslims for they view many Muslims as apostates. Now we turn to one of the largest terrorist organizations in the world today, the Muslim Brotherhood, another organization you have been hearing a lot about in the news. The Muslim Brotherhood was founded in Egypt in 1928 by Hassan al-Banna. Al-Banna and his followers were initially united by a desire to oust the British from control in Egypt and to rid their country of what they saw as the corrupting Western influences. The original Brotherhood slogan was, Islam is the solution. So the Brotherhood saw Islam had become corrupted by the Western powers and Egypt adopted Western forms of government, politics, dress, and culture. So the Brotherhood, once again, is another reform movement wanting to return to Islamic teaching and the Islamic way of life. They want to establish Sharia law in the land and to establish the Islamic caliphate. Now, in its early years, the group concentrated on religion, education, and social services. But as its power and membership grew, it became a powerful political organization, organizing protests against the Egyptian government. In the 1940s, an armed wing of the Brotherhood was blamed for a string of violent acts, including the assassination of the Egyptian prime minister in 1948. Shortly after, he had ordered the dissolution of the Muslim Brotherhood. Albana himself was assassinated soon afterwards. His supporters claimed he had been killed on the wishes of the Egyptian government. So the movement went underground in the 50s and decades of oppression by the Egyptian government led many of the Brotherhood members to flee and live abroad while others were jailed there in Egypt. Now in the 1980s, the group supposedly disavowed violence and attempted to join the mainstream political process, but it was banned by the former Egyptian president Hosni Mubarak. Nonetheless, the Brotherhood grew throughout the decade as part of a general growth and interest grew in Islam, and the U.S.-led invasion of Iraq in 2003 saw 
or seems to have led to a spike in its membership. In 2005, it won 20% of Egypt's parliamentary elections running as independents. Mubarak cracked down on the group, jailing hundreds of its members. Now, the Brotherhood has always stood against the nation of Israel. Since its formation in 1947, Egypt has been a leading opponent against the nation of Israel, leading several campaigns against Israel. But this ended. Now, President at that time, Anwar Sadat, launched an attack on Israel, and he was loved for attacking Israel, even though he lost the war. However, Sadat transferred alliance from the Soviet Union to the United States, and in 1977, he established a relationship with Israel, which angered many Arab nations. It was the Camp David Peace Accord that established peace between Egypt and Israel. But Sadat was assassinated by a soldier in 1981. Sadat was replaced by Hosni Mubarak, a military leader. However, Mubarak remained friendly towards the United States and in Israel. So in February of 2011, there were riots in Egypt led by the Muslim Brotherhood, forcing Mubarak to step down. In June of 2011, Mohammed Mursi, the leader of the Muslim Brotherhood, was elected as president of Egypt. However, under Mursi, the Egyptian people saw the true face of the Muslim Brotherhood. Under Mursi's leadership, the Egyptians began calling for the Egyptian government to renounce its peace treaty with Israel that was established there at Camp David. And on September 9th in 2011, many Egyptians stormed the Israeli embassy. But under the leadership of the Muslim Brotherhood, many of the freedoms, including religious freedoms and others, were lost there in Egypt. Freedom of the press was lost as the government restricted the media. And in July of 2013, Mohammed Morsi was overthrown in a military coup. Now, this is the mission of the Muslim Brotherhood. They claim that their intent were strictly philanthropic and spiritual with the goal of spreading Islam. Since its beginning, the Muslim Brotherhood has aspired to reassert Islam through the establishment of Sharia law and Sunni governments throughout the Middle East, including Israel. In the Brotherhood's view, this is the natural, correct, and primary endeavor of all human civilization, with the ultimate goal of being a unification under the caliphate, or a universal Islamic state. So the goal of the Brotherhood is to establish Sharia law and an Islamic caliphate. The Brotherhood's stated purpose, if you go on their website, is this, to instill the Quran and Sunnah, or Islamic law, as the sole reference point for ordering the life of Muslim families, individuals, communities, and states. The Muslim Brotherhood's slogan, and you can look at this on their website, is this, Allah is our objective, the Quran is our law, the Prophet is our leader, Jihad is our way, and death for the sake of Allah is the highest of our aspirations. Now, the Muslim Brotherhood claims to be a philanthropic and strictly a spiritual organization, but they are in fact recognized as an international Islamic terrorist organization that has over the last 80 years given rise to jihadist terror groups such as Hamas and Al-Qaeda. The Brotherhood is involved in terrorism against all American interests in the Middle East and Israel. They are an active supporter of Hamas, a group which has pledged violence against Israel, who they view as illegal occupiers of Palestine. The motto of the Muslim Brotherhood, which is stated on their logo, is the word prepare in Arabic. It comes from chapter 8, verse 60 of the Quran. Now, many of us think prepare 
perhaps we think of the Boy Scouts prepare. But the word prepare there, according to the model of the Muslim Brotherhood, comes from chapter 8, verse 60 of the Quran. And this verse reads this, And prepare against them whatever you are able of power and of steeds of war, by which you may terrorize the enemy of Allah and your enemy and others besides them, whom you do not know, but whom Allah knows. And whatever you spend in the cause of Allah will be fully repaid to you, and you will not be wronged. So the reach of the Muslim Brotherhood extends not only to Egypt, but also throughout the Middle East and throughout Europe and North America. Altogether, it is believed that the Brotherhood is present in about 70 countries around the world. Now, there are several groups that have come out of the Muslim Brotherhood or are associated with the Muslim Brotherhood. One that you hear about a lot is Hezbollah. Hezbollah means the party of God. Hezbollah is a powerful political and military organization in Lebanon made up of mainly Shia Muslims. Hezbollah was established in 1982 by Sheikh Mohammed Hussein Fadlallah. It emerged with financial backing from Iran and Syria. The objective was to drive the U.S. and Israel out of Lebanon and the Middle East. The text above their logo reads, Then surely the party of Allah are they that shall be triumphant. From chapter 5 of the Quran. Underneath the logo are the words Islamic resistance in Lebanon. And Hezbollah has become a powerful political force in Lebanon, controlling many of the government seats there in Lebanon. They are believed to be responsible for the bombing of the U.S. Embassy and the Marine Barracks in 1983 that killed over 250 Americans. So Hezbollah is to the north of Israel, then in the land of Palestine in the West Bank, therefore in the southeast part of Israel or Palestine, is Hamas. Hamas was formed in 1987 as an outgrowth of the Palestinian branch of the Muslim Brotherhood. Hamas is a Sunni Islamic organization which was established at the beginning of the first Infatara, December of 1987, by Sheikh Ahmed Yassin. Hamas is dedicated to the establishment of an Islamic Palestinian state that encompasses all of Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. Hamas believes in the establishment of an Islamic theocracy over all the territory of the land of Israel. They state from the Mediterranean Sea to the Jordan River. So that encompasses the entire territory of Palestine. In other words, they want control of the entire territory and will not compromise on a two-state solution with Israel. Now, the symbols of the Hamas logo illustrate the group's attitude toward Israel. If you look at their flag, at the top is an outline of the territory of Israel, Gaza, and the West Bank, shown as one entity covered in the color green, Hamas's symbolic cover. So their desires for an entire land of Palestine or Israel ruled under Islamic rule. In the center is the Muslim shrine, the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, surrounded by banners bearing the phrases, there's no God but Allah and Muhammad, the messenger of Allah. And underneath those are the words Palestine and Islamic resistance movement, Hamas. The swords under are a common Islamic motif representing the power of Islam and the desire to spread the religion 
by force if necessary. So Hamas and Hezbollah exist primarily to remove Israel from the land of Palestine. And both groups have been involved in numerous dozens of terrorist activities against the nation of Israel and her close ally, the United States. Now, most of the terrorist organizations are located in the Middle East. Now, here are a couple you're hearing a lot about that are not in the Middle East. The first one is in Africa. They're known as Boko Haram. Boko Haram is a militant Islamic group working out of the country of Nigeria. They operate primarily in the northeastern region of Nigeria, launching attacks in the neighboring countries as well, Cameroon, Chad, and Niger. Now, the name Boko Haram means Western education is forbidden. Boko Haram does not engage in Nigeria's political system out of a strict following to a fundamentalist form of Islam, which forbids participation unless the system is based on Sharia or Islamic law. Now, they were founded in 2002. The founder is Islamic cleric Muhammad Yusuf. He gained worldwide attention in 2014 after kidnapping 200 girls and threatened to sell them as slaves. Now, since the current insurgency, which started in about 2009, Boko Haram has killed 20,000 Nigerians and displaced 2.3 million from their homes and was ranked as the world's deadliest terror group by the Global Terrorism Index in 2015. And in 2015, Boko Haram pledged allegiance to ISIS. Now, their mission is to establish an Islamic state and instill Sharia law there in Nigeria. Nigeria fell under British rule in 1903, and they tried to establish a democracy there in Nigeria and bring in Western education to the land of Nigeria. Boko Haram forbids Muslims to take part in any political, social, or educational activity because it is associated with Western society. So Boko Haram believes that Nigeria is ruled by unbelievers, and these unbelievers are trying to westernize Nigeria and take them away from Sharia law. And so they must be overturned. So in 2002, the founder, Muhammad Yusuf, built a mosque and an Islamic school in his territory of northeastern Nigeria. And many poor Muslim families across Nigeria and neighboring countries sent their children there. And the school has become a recruiting ground for Boko Haram. Boko Haram attacks police stations and government buildings. They have launched mass attacks on villages and towns, looting, killing, abducting women and children, and forcing men and boys to join their army. So that is Boko Haram there in Nigeria. And another one you have been hearing a lot about is in Southeast Asia. In the Philippines, they're a group called Abu Sayyaf. Abu Sayyaf is arguably one of the smallest, but one of the most lawless groups there in the Philippines, but also one of the most violent. International security analyst Professor Romel Banlaoi, who has published several scholarly papers on Abu Sayyaf, describes it as the smallest but most terrifying Muslim extremist group in the Philippines. The Australian National Security says that there are approximately four to 500 Abu Sayyaf fighters today, but true numbers really are not known. The members are usually young Filipino Muslims from the southern island of Mindanao, 
but they have also included foreign jihadists who come from foreign countries. They are reportedly trained and funded by international terrorist networks of Al-Qaeda and its affiliates, the Indonesian-based terrorist group Jama'a Islamiyah. It is the first ever armed group to be outlawed by the Filipino government in 2015. They are listed by the United Nations Security Council as being associated with Al-Qaeda as early as 2001. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value to you, would you please consider partnering with us? Evidence and Answers relies on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, additional audio, and Pat's books. Be sure to share our website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, please visit their website. That's hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers.